I'm Jen White. You're listening to the 1A Podcast. It's time for the final installment of our 2023 Sounds of America series, celebrating some of the recordings chosen for the National Recording Registry at the Library of Congress this year. The registry includes music, speeches, broadcasts, spoken word audio, and field recordings that have had a significant impact on American culture and are part of our American audio heritage. Twenty-five audio recordings are added to the registry each year. Today, we profile another of them, this time from Chicago blues singer Coco Taylor and her 1966 recording of Wang Dang Doodle. The song was written by blues artist Willie Dixon and originally recorded by Howlin' Wolf in 1960, but it was Coco Taylor's version that hit the charts and became a blues standard. To tell the story of Wang Dang Doodle, we begin with the queen of the blues herself. 1953, I moved to Chicago. I wasn't nothing but a spring chicken. This is Coco Taylor. They called me the queen of the blues. Me and my husband, everybody knew him as Pops Taylor. His name was Robert Taylor. And we got on that Greyhound bus headed north to Chicago, and the only thing we had was 35 cents and a box of Ritz crackers between us. When we got to Chicago... I didn't realize for a while that all of the blues people that I had been listening to on the records and hearing about, most of them was right there in Chicago. First somebody I met was the Howlin' Wolf. They had their band playing. And my husband introduced them to me, letting them know that I wanted to sing, I loved to sing, and all of this. So they started inviting me up on the weekend. They'd invite me up on the bandstand. Hey, little Coke, you want to come up here and do a tune with us, you know? I just so happened I was sitting in with the Howlin' Wolf Band when Willie Dixon happened to be in the audience that particular day. He said, I never heard a woman sing the blues like you sing the blues. He said, and that's what the world need today, a woman like you to sing the blues. He said, we got plenty men's, but no women's. It was him that took me down to chess records. Willie Dixon is a legendary figure in the blues. He was a producer, a songwriter, a bass player, a singer, and uh, actually performed with his own group, the Big Three Trio, back in the 1940s. And he was a coach to a lot of up-and-coming musicians. Hi, I'm Bruce Iglauer, the president and founder of Alligator Records in Chicago. He wrote prolifically. He wrote songs like Coochie Coochie Man for Muddy Waters and Killin' Floor for Howlin' Wolf. I should have quit you And he wrote a lot of songs for Coco and adapted a lot of songs so they fit Coco as a female singer and as this woman with this gigantic, you know, the voice of a lion. I was in the bed sleep and he called me on the phone and woke me up. This was like 12 o'clock at night. Come on down here. I just got through writing this song, and it's a million-dollar seller, you know. We got to get to work on it right away. I said, what kind of song is it that I got to get up in the middle of the night and come down there and, and start rehearsing on it? He said, Wang Dang Doodle. 
A Wang Dang Doodle is an all-night, no-holds-barred party. It's very much a blue-collar event, and everybody is letting loose. There is nobody who is holding back. Automatic Slim, Razor Toten Jim, Butcher Knife Toad Nanny. Come on, you want to meet these people. You're scared, but you want to hang out with them and you want to meet them because you know wherever they are, it's going to be a good time. Hi, this is Shamika Copeland, and I'm a blues singer. A Wang Dang Doodle is a damn good time. That's what it is. <laughs> and we're going to have it all night long. So pitching a Wang Dang Doodle means getting drunk, smoking our cigarettes, dancing, somebody over in the other corner shooting dice. We gotta have a heck of a time. And when the fish sent feel the air, the beast everywhere. We gonna pitch a Wang Dang Doodle all night long. We just having a good time, you know. So that's what we call pitching a Wang Dang Doodle. Three weeks after Wang Dang Doodle was recorded, it hit the charts all over the country. I couldn't believe it. Then later on, I had left Chess Records. I didn't just leave Chess. Leonard Chess had a heart attack and he passed away. So I was without a recording contract. But I kept singing the blues from place to place, everywhere until I met up with Bruce Igelar at Alligator Records. When Coco approached me, I was anxious about recording a vocalist who didn't play an instrument. Well, I'm standing on the corner with a nickel and a key. I'm looking for a man that'll go along with me while I'm trying to make a living. Up till that time, everybody that I had, had produced could show the band how the song went on his instrument, but also Coco at that time didn't have her own band. And I was doing some booking, and Coco said, would you find some gigs for me? I said, sure, but you know, you're gonna have to have a rehearsed band and a means of transportation. She called me up the following week and she said, I put a band together and just made a down payment on a van. I'm ready to go. And I thought, this is a take care of business woman. When Coco said she gonna be there or she gonna do something, you could always count on it. You could bet your last dollar. Coco had an amazing work ethic. She worked all the time. She knew that if she didn't do it, there was nobody else there to do it for her. It's not a lot of women's out here doing what I'm doing. It's a whole boatload of men's that's out here leading their own band today, traveling all around the world and things like this. And I happen to be one of those women's that's out here doing the same thing that the men's are doing. Coco was rare in the blues world as a female artist. It was a very male-dominated world. 
And that's one of the reasons she became really tough when she had to be, because she was running an all-male band, and she had to make sure they knew who was boss. Coco held her own with all the men of Chess Records. So there's Willie Dixon, there's Muddy Waters, there's Little Walter, and all of the stars of Chess, and there's Coco. My name is Dan Aykroyd. I'm an entertainer. I was happy to uh, be at the Le Hibou Club in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada, where I grew up, and see Coco perform Wang Dang Doodle live. And that was one of the seminal shows in my youth, which led me to later on assume the persona of Elwood Blues and form the Blues Brothers with John Belushi. I was in this club singing in Fitzgeralds, and in walked Elwood. I'm talking about the wonderful Mr. Dan Aykroyd. I had the great pleasure to be at Fitzgerald in Chicago for a, an ABC special we were filming and got to jam with Coco. And Coco was so gracious. She knew that we were creating the Blues Brothers out of a feeling of veneration for these artists and a love for these artists. And so she was very welcoming. I went partying the other night. Start drinking and and it was great, you know, he came up there and we jammed on Hey Bartender and just had a wonderful time, you know. That was a thrilling night to get up there and hang and sing with Coco. Coco went on stage, she went on to excite the audience. She would dance onto the stage, she would grab that mic with one hand in a fist, and she always had a Kleenex in the other hand for mopping her brow, and she would just let loose. I remember doing gigs with her, and she was late in her life at that point, and I would see her sitting backstage, and she looked like somebody's grandma sitting back there. You know, you think, okay, how is she going to get up here on this stage? You know, that music started, that woman got up on that stage, you would have thought she was a teenager. There was no holding back Coco. Just like the people in Wang Dang Doodle, Coco gave 110% at all times. I think she's a perfect match visually and vibe-wise. The way she moved and prowled around on stage, she was womanly and earthy and classy and gritty and backwoods all at once. You know, she just really commanded the stage. She was very powerful, as was her voice. So I loved the way she looked. I loved the way she carried herself. And she definitely fronted the band. Hi, this is Bonnie Raitt, and I'm a musician, a songwriter, guitarist, and a social activist. I think she really brought women blues and that perspective and that style of singing and that kind of music internationally, and she was a great ambassador for that. You know, Muddy Waters got that song, I'm a man, I'm a full-grown man, I'm a hoochie-coochie man, and I can make the sun stand still. I said, now, I'm talking to myself. 
If I do an answer to this called I'm a Woman, I got to show in my song that if he made the moon stand still, I got to do something that just as great that he didn't do. Now, what can it be? And I just kept concentrating on lyrics and words, and I finally came up with the song, I Can Make Love to a Cracker Dial. <laughs> I'm a ball of fire. I'm a woman. I can make love to a crocodile. Oh my gosh, I'm a woman. That song got me in a lot of trouble as a kid. During that time when I was in school, everybody was into Whitney Houston and hip hop, right? But all the kids had to get up and sing their favorite song. And so I wouldn't do it at first because I was really shy. And I also knew that I didn't like the same kind of music that the other kids liked. You know, I knew that part. So finally, I got up the courage to get up there in front of my class. And um, I sang, I'm a woman. I can make love to a crocodile. When I got to the part about I can make love to a crocodile, that's when, you know, the teacher had to stop me. <laughs> you know, I'm a earth shaker. There's just nothing that she did that I didn't love. I mean, I just get goose pimples when I hear her voice. I'm a woman. Her singing voice was huge. Oh my gosh, it's earth shaking. <laughs> and it was raw. Coco is just growly, gritty vocal, you know, it's just incendiary. You couldn't deny it. She sang with a lot of intensity. She sang with a signature growl. I'm a woman. When she gets down and growls it out, it's like no other blues song ever recorded. Many, many up-and-coming singers modeled themselves after Coco. There are women in Chicago who try the Coco Taylor growl, and they get about 70% of it. Coco Taylor's signature growl was epic. A lot of us have tried to do it, but we all fail. Coco really was the first gruff kind of growly sound that was both sexy and fierce at the same time. I just think she was incredibly musical and had great timing. And the whole performance of her on stage just went with her voice and just terrific singer. They named me the Queen of the Blues because they know when I open my mouth, I'm singing from my heart. I'm singing to them to make them feel good. There's all these people that sing and they have all this range and they do all the runs with their voice and all of that stuff, but you don't feel anything from them. But when she opened her mouth, you felt it from your head to your toes. Coco was deeply influential and her shows were always fun. I'm so glad that she was encouraged by her husband to start singing in the clubs. It gives everybody hope. I run into a lot of women that always wanted to be singing blues and R&B. And after I won for Nick of Time, they said, Bonnie, you're giving me the hope that a woman over 40 could get a gig. And that's how I feel about Coco. She had a whole other career going, which for the rest of us, we're all so grateful that she decided to come into music. My love for Coco Taylor just runs deep. She always will be my favorite. Well, I would like for everybody out there to know that Coco Teller love you. All of those I've met, I love you. All of those I haven't met, 
I love you because I know you're out there buying my records, listening to my music, and admiring what I have done. And I just appreciate you in every way. And thank you very much for keeping the blues alive. Coco Taylor's recording of Wang Dang Doodle has now been added to the National Recording Registry at the Library of Congress. We heard from Dan Aykroyd, Bonnie Raitt, blues artist Shamika Copeland, and producer Bruce Iglauer of Alligator Records. The interviews with Coco Taylor come from Ben Manila. Coco Taylor passed away in 2009. And that does it for our Sounds of America series this year. If you'd like to nominate a recording to be added to the National Recording Registry at the Library of Congress next year, just send an email to recregistry at loc.gov describing your nomination and why it should be recognized. The Sounds of America is produced by Jenny Cataldo of Accompany Studios. This program comes to you from WAMU, part of American University in Washington, distributed by NPR. I'm Jen White. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk again soon. This is 1A.